the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. show it is tuesday september 12th and i am thrilled as usual to be here coming at you from the am 1170 the answer studios here in beautiful sunny although a little humid san diego not exactly digging this humidity too many storms cruising all around the world and in the oceans and it's just turned my hair into a frizzy mess but anyway i'm g- glad to be here with you all and also glad to share this time as usual with dj carrot sticks dj carrot sticks <laughs> Speaking of shooting down, DJ Carrot Sticks, he kind of shot down my yummies for today. I'm super excited that it's pumpkin spice time of the year again. I think it's one of the happiest times of the year because I love all things pumpkin spice. In fact, I made my famous pumpkin bread pudding this weekend for a party, and I brought in some pumpkin-flavored pop-ums today. It's very polarizing. It's either you love pumpkin spice or you hate it. I don't think there's anything in between. Well, you know, pick a side, people. Everybody out there, by the way, thank you to all who are watching on Facebook. Please, Facebook Live, please share that, uh, the video out there. And tell me whether, what side did you fall on? Are you team hashtag pumpkin spice or are you team hashtag no pumpkin spice? Let me know your thoughts on this controversial hot topic of the day. That's the hot question for the day. Speaking of controversial and polarizing, The queen of polarization, I think, uh, Hillary Clinton. Today, on September 12th, which is the anniversary of Benghazi, by the way. A lot of people say never forget Benghazi because the attack started on September 11th, which was the anniversary, of course, of the original September 11th attacks. But it actually was a 13-hour ordeal that went over and bled over until September 12th. And that's when we discovered the truth, uh, not the truth. But that's when we discovered that four Americans had died in Benghazi. So Hillary Clinton's got her book coming out today. She's launched. Today is the launch of her book, What Happened? And oh, by the way, maybe you could get some answers because the answers really are not in the book. But maybe if you pay $2,400 a pop for a VIP ticket for one of her book signings, because she really is just a woman of the people. But if you have 2,400 bones, don't give it to the victims of Hurricane Harvey or Irma. No, go to one of her book signings and maybe she'll give you just another like excuse number 494 for why she lost the election. But she's supposedly answering the question, what happened? Well, you know what, Hillary? Let's go back to your answers to what happened on September 12th, 2012. When you immediately came out and lied to the world and lied to the families of the victims of Benghazi and said that what happened was a spontaneous protest against a video caused the death of the Americans. There's actually there's actually new information that's come out about Benghazi that I'm going to share coming up in the show from somebody 
who was a contractor, who's now speaking out. We still don't have all the answers of what happened with Benghazi. But no, she's going to come out with this book talking about what happened to her as though she's a victim. Let me tell you what happened to you, Hillary Clinton, crooked Hillary. What happened to you was the American people. Because when the American people were chanting, drain the swamp, and they were chanting, lock her up, those were not just platitudes. That was just not, and it wasn't even just specific to Hillary Clinton. It was against the corruption that has steeped both parties of Washington and the American people. That's why they elected the law and order candidate. And that's why I elected the man who said that he was going to hold everybody accountable. He was going to drain the swamp of the corruption. He was going to have every elected official who broke in the lobby held accountable. And the most important thing he said to me on Inauguration Day, and she blamed his inauguration speech as well. But he said, today is the day that we return the government to the people. Only, unfortunately, what's happened to the American voters... What happened to Hillary in November 2016 was the American voter. What's happened to the American voter since is that the swamp is still as thick as ever. The corruption is as bad as ever in Washington. And it's and it's the fault of both parties. It's not the fault of Kurt Schlichter. He's going to be here coming after the break. Weekly Standard and others say it's his fault. Something something called Trumpism. I don't know if that's in Hillary's book, but stay tuned. We're going to talk to Kurt Schlichter right after the break. Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hatley of the Hatley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me. Before the break, I was talking about Hillary Clinton's got her book out today, What Happened. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know how many hundreds of pages it is, but it's all about her being a victim of what's happened to her. Uh, we still don't have a whole lot of explanations about what she did to the American people from Benghazi to what she did to the American people with her felonious email scheme in which she endangered the lives of Americans and put our entire nation at risk. We still don't have answers at all, let alone has there even been, get, been the beginnings of an investigation into her pay for play scheme, 400 pages, which Judicial Watch finally got under a FOIA request a couple of uh, back, I think it was in July. Uh, that was clear that there was pay to play going on with her as secretary of state. Yet she's going out on a book tour, yammering about President Trump and accusing him and his campaign of colluding with the Russians. You know, is she ever going to be held to account and, and, and forced to answer under oath to a jury as to what she did? I don't know. But my uh, welcoming welcome back to the show, Kurt Schlichter. Maybe you can tell me what's going to happen with Hillary going forward. Hey, Kurt. Hey, how's it going? Well, it's good. Um, 
and and it's not it, it it's good and not so good for Miss Hillary because she's got a book coming out where poor thing you know is 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 still being victimized by President Trump. But you know she's getting twenty four hundred dollars from people to buy tickets for to you know have a VIP meet and greet with her. So things aren't all bad for Hillary. I'll pay twenty four hundred dollars never to have to talk to that withered crone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure you're getting too many invitations uh, to talk to Hillary. Um, but isn't it pretty outrageous that here we are on the – today is actually the anniversary of Benghazi because it was really on September 12th when we found out that Americans had died. She launches her book tour on the anniversary of Benghazi as though she's the victim. Could she be any more tone deaf? Could she spit any more on the American people? Well, it's pretty hard. And keep in mind, it's the American people's fault. And when I say that, I mean literally every American uh, person uh, is at fault for her loss, except for Hillary. Uh, I found the whole thing uh, that her her litany of excuses uh, hilarious, frankly. I love how she says, I take total responsibility for my loss. Now, here's a list of people whose fault it is. Yeah. So basically, uh, you know, if the Democrats nominate someone who doesn't understand the concept of responsibility, but she is a Democrat, and that is kind of, you know, par for the course. Well, but you know what? I, to me, the issue of her getting away with what she's gotten away with, never being never being held to account for anything, uh, the loss of an election is nothing compared to the lives of Benghazi, compared to the pay-for-play schemes. She's going around bl- accusing Trump and, and saying that he's needs his financial dealings with Russia or to blame for her loss in the election. There's been no investigation of her pay-for-play schemes. Yesterday, we found out Lois Lerner, like Hillary... Uh, is getting a pass for her crimes. President Trump was elected in part because he was the law and order candidate. He promised accountability. He promised to drain the swamp. Not only is this woman not being held to account, she's running around bad-mouthing the president of the United States and, 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 and falsely accusing him of crimes and getting away with it, Kurt. Well, look, I mean, uh, uh, President Trump's made a few mistakes since he got elected, and I think one of the biggest ones, I had a surprise because I initially supported it, was Jeff Sessions. What a complete mm. loser this guy's turned out to be. Yeah. Uh, gutless, weak, inept, uh, you know, a, a complete swamp dweller. It's really kind of pathetic. Uh, I mean, his, his, his big go-to is, uh, you know, Civil forfeiture. (laughs) All of his conservatives are like, government has too much power, you know, and he's like, ah, let's give it more. Yeah. Uh, You know, could could you actually prosecute people who, I don't know, there's evidence of a crime? I I don't know. That's kind of. Well, when he is. I mean, he's been a disaster. He Uh, has been. And and it's. it's, Could it have been predicted because everybody was kind of behind him and thought that he was going to be a tough guy? Well, I was thrilled. I thought, this is great. And he gets in and he turns into a total lump of goo. What he turned into, he went uh, back into the, he went back into swamp dweller mode. And I think it was kind of clear in his confirmation hearings. I think he signaled then because he talked about how hurt he was by all these people that he had served so much time with in Congress that he, and and in government that he thought were his friends. And how could they make such scurrilous accusations against him for being racist? And I thought, oh, no. You know, when he was more concerned about his own feelings from these people, you know, then his emotions were in the way. And I at that hearing, they were his emotions were too prevalent. And I thought his he's not going to be able to hold anybody in in the government accountable if if he can't even take a jab from them without feeling hurt. Well, I mean, that that he was surprised 
I think is a huge indicator. I mean, what a, I mean, God, what a, what a puffball. Well, yeah. And well, and then on the Russia thing, uh, allowing that idiocy to continue. Yeah, he, he, if, he, he he's really been he he's really been a major major disappointment. You're an attorney. Uh, um, did he have to recuse himself? And I say, no. if he felt like for yeah, and and I say that if he felt like he had to, even for legal reasons, he should have never accepted the nomination. No, I, I I think that's correct. No, I, you know it. it here, here's the problem. He wants to play by the old rules. He wants to be. He, he wants to act as if uh, these are good faith disputes between people who uh, share a mutual respect for the law, and that he should defer to them in the interest of supporting our system. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are not acting in good faith. They are liars. The system is a lie. It needs to be burned down. The only currency is power. He had it. He didn't execute it. He's weak. Judge Nabalitano, uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Andrea K Show, and I'm talking to Kurt Schlichter, uh, the de facto leader of Trumpism, the scurrilous movement, according to the Weekly Standard. i got to ask you about that oh, in yeah. a minute. <laughs> you know, if, if you're going to throw a punch at me, at least make it last inch. These quivering femboys uh, taking the break from trying to sell old people on cruises. Decide, you know, there's this cottage industry in attack. You know, every time I write a column... I get like, uh, uh, you know, three or four little uh, fussy articles from these uh, panty-twisted little gibos uh, talking about how terrible I am and mm-hmm. how I'm like the hero of Trumpism. And, of course, I was very anti-Trump before Ted Cruz lost. I realized it was Trump or Hillary, so I, you know, I, I take the lesser of two evils. Uh, I, I think I'm the only one. I, I think I'm one of the few people who has a very clear idea of what Trump actually is. And he is not an ideological conservative like I am, but he is also not Hillary Clinton. And he has done a spectacular job of not being Hillary Clinton. And I, you know, look, I take my own side in a fight. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stand with the guy who's nearest to being a conservative. That's what William F. Buckley said. Well, what the, what the, and those who aren't familiar, because a lot of my listeners are not Bill Crystal and Fred Barnes people, although Fred, you know, actually was, was a regular, you know, contributor to my show, if you will, years ago. And I, and I stopped having him on. Yeah. He's just a, he's just a normal guy. Bill Crystal is a a weird uh, goof who got where he is because his, uh, you know, his dad uh, had a reputation. Yeah. And his, uh, you know, and he managed to get a bunch of donors. He has no influence. No. Uh, and he's angry about it. Well, and, and the he was. He has no influence. Is his, like many of these uh, guys, they're a complete track record of failure. Well, yeah, and what they also are a part of is the media establishment inside the Beltway guys. These are the the um, big money. What is it? The Bandenberg people. You know, he. You know, well, well, look, the look, globalist conservative Bilderberg. Is- and and there was a giant, you know, among conservatives, there were uh, uh, people who were in it and had a place in it, and that was what they did. And then, you know, a few years ago, guys like Andrew Breitbart brought up the Tea Party, and suddenly all these outsiders wanted to horn in on their action. Mm-hmm. Well, what- and you know, that's that was 
one of the breaking points. They they want us to shut up and write checks. Well, yeah, and and these guys are part of of this whole thing going back to the 2016 election. They felt like when Trump rose immediately to the top of the of the pack in the primaries, it was like, oh, he can't win because he doesn't match our definitions of conservatism. And now he's he's going to destroy conservatism. Where has the Republican Party been in terms of putting forth any conservative policies or principles? They, yeah, well, they, they, they've been giving us nothing but excuses for years. You know, that's why the American people went to an outsider, because the current Republican Party has failed in doing anything. They didn't back Ted Cruz when he stand there, no, stood there on the floor no, and said no. the House has the, has the purse strings. We could stop Obamacare. It, so they're saying that Trump has destroyed conservatism. That's why they're calling it Trumpism. And, you know, the conservatives, where have they been? They're responsible for why we have Trump. And now he's they have no more excuses. We're, what, eight months in, nine months in now, and they've done nothing to push conservative policy. Well, no, you, you are absolutely right. And, and that was my initial reaction to Trump. This guy's not a conservative. He's not going to do conservative things. But I began to see how he was resonating with people who were not uh, movement conservatives like me. Look, you're, you're, you, you know Southern California. Look, think about a guy in Fontana. You've been to Fontana. It's out in the Inland Empire. It's not a. It's not one of those places you think of when you think of sunny, beautiful California. It's kind of a rough industrial area. But say you graduate from high school and you don't want to go to college because college isn't your thing. You want to be a roofer because your dad was a roofer and you like building things and you like driving by buildings with your kids and saying, "Look, Dad helped put that building up." And then you want to be a roofer, but you can't because the contractors are only hiring uh, 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 aliens. Because aliens will work for less and they won't complain. Yeah. So what do we, and, and this roofer maybe did a tour in the Marines, maybe got shot in Fallujah, but he's back. He, he loves America. He's got, a, he's got an American flag on his pickup truck. What did we as conservatives do to answer that guy's needs? Right. What, where did we put his interests in line when we decided we'd open the borders? Where did we put the interest in line, uh, the interest of the guy who uh, 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 maybe did a tour in the Navy and then came home and worked for carrier appliances in Indiana? And all of a sudden, the, the corporate bosses decide they're going to move the factory to Juarez, Mexico. Mm-hmm. And now he's 58 years old, got a mortgage and a kid in college. And now what, what's our answer to him? Oh, well, you know, Milton Friedman says, go learn coding <laughs> yeah. for seven bucks an hour. Right. That's okay. That, we're not answering the questions uh, of our own people. We're not addressing their interests. Now, look, I, I, I like free trade, but mm-hmm. free trade has problems. And the, some of the people who suffer from those problems are people whose votes we want. Yeah. What is our answer to them? And it's not you're racist. It's not you're obsolete. It's not shut up capitalism. Right. What's our answer to them? Mm-hmm. And these guys don't want to give an answer. Well, speaking they of answers, want to be put up with a hassle, right? Um, of actual he, people's lives. He shocked people when he went along with the Dems when he reached over to Nancy Pelosi and Schumer and raised the debt ceiling for three more months. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I wrote about that in Town Hall. You know, I saw a, a bunch of uh, uh, conservatives having a collective, uh, you know, panty wet over uh, uh, this thing. Uh, So they're freaking out. Mm -hmm. And all I can think of is, okay, what's the big deal? Because I'm familiar with the track record of Republicans on the debt ceiling. And every time they do it, it's like they jumped in the canoe with John Boyd in deliverance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Does anybody believe that they were not going to raise the debt ceiling? I mean, who really believes that Paul Ryan was not going to raise the debt ceiling? It's ridiculous. Exactly. Here's here. Here was my question. I think it's a legit question, which I had never gotten an answer to. All I've gotten is abuse. 
I said, okay, what was the great Republican plan for victory Mm -hmm. that Donald Trump threw a monkey wrench into? What was going to happen that was so awesome that Donald Trump wrecked it? And and, and that was, initially, that was a legit question. I thought, maybe I'm missing something. Because, you know, you you, you do something with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, like, and, you know, the natural reactions go, eh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay, tell me what I'm missing. And, of course, it was, you're not a real conservative, you love Trump, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm not hearing a plan. You know, I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm a retired Army officer. I'm a lawyer. Yeah. I, I need to actually hear Strategy, plan. Strategy and plans. What is the plan? And there isn't one. That's a great question. Not only is, it, not only is what was the plan in place that he threw a monkey wrench in, but how was it permanently destroyed to where you can't do it three months from now? Because he only, he only did a temporary fix for three months. <laughs> So well, what's the exactly. plan three months and, and, and from now? Here's a bigger question. If there was a plan, why didn't we all know it? Right. Yes. Why wasn't that clear to us, the voters? I think, and of course, the answer is there wasn't a plan. Exactly. I think the plan was, and Steve Bannon talked about it a little bit, you know, in, in, or alluded to it, the fact I think the plan is the establishment is 100% behind undermining President Trump. That's really what the plan is. Yeah. And there's absolutely nothing yeah. that he can, they, they are just as, as part of the swamp. You look at this deal with, uh, with what Jeff Sessions is doing with uh, Department of Justice and Lois Lerner. And, you know, I agree with Napolitano when uh, his, his thing on that was he said that uh, the Justice this department is protecting its uh, predecessor so that its successor will protect it. They, it's the establishment wants to there. It's they've circled the wagons to protect themselves and the system in the establishment. And that's what it's about. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, I think that's correct. I think you, you get guys like McConnell and Ryan and they seem to want to just put their heads down and hope that this Trump thing goes away. But they don't understand that the American political system is, is suffering a seismic shift. It used to the dynamic used to be right left. And that's mm-hmm. still an important dynamic, but there's a new one. There's a new axis. And that is establishment anti establishment. And that's why you hear some people go, I came to Trump, but before that I was for Bernie. Yeah. Because it, it, the right left thing isn't affecting them. It's the establishment anti-establishment. And the simple fact is we have an establishment, a mm-hmm. ruling class. And I, I live up here in L.A. and I see it at hell. I mean, you know, I drive around it mm-hmm. every day uh, of people who live a life disconnected from the vast, vast majority of Americans who think that uh, uh, somehow they're morally entitled mm-hmm. uh, to their lifestyle which to them includes the ability to tell other people how to live it's all about power whether and and that's in both parties right now they're they're tyrannical and that includes the media elite like the weekly standard that's accusing you of being the de facto leader of trumpism which is destroying destroying the nation kurt schlichter you know what you're right there president trump is not an ideologue of good friend of mine said the other day he doesn't have an r after his name or a d has an a after his name he's an american and so do you kurt schlichter how can people read your great articles Hey, I go to town hall every uh, Monday and Thursday. Awesome. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be writing a terrific one. I know it's going to be terrific anyway for Thursday. <laughs> it, it, it takes off on a, a Glamour magazine article where a young uh, lady confessed, I keep hooking up with Trump men. Oh. I can't stop myself. And, you know, I, I understand that because the raw sexual firepower of true Americans yep. will always, always overwhelm uh, the fussy incontinence of these little pajama boys. So I, I, you know, I think that's an important issue that uh, we all have to face. We conservatives 
uh, we true Americans, we're much hotter. Yes, yes, you are. It's like an aphrodisiac, baby. You're like a dozen oysters. All right, Kurt. Oh, man, we're campaigning, uh, you know. All right, Kurt, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks, Andrew. All right. Stay tuned because we got none other than Della B coming back with us, coming back from a break. She's going to be talking about that mess that was the mess America. I mean, everything is being politicized these days. Good grief. Stay tuned. We got that coming up. Don't go anywhere. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hadley of the Hadley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Rolling along. I'm so excited to have my next guest here. None other than Della B back with me. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Um, you know, the only thing that I'm bummed about having you back is that I can't play like your, your classic, your signature song because Facebook Live won't let me post the video if I play Dirty Laundry. That's so maybe we, should, maybe we should hum a little bit, or we should have DJ Carrot Stick sing us, sing us a little bit of the dirty. Oh, yeah. That was a little bit of, he was getting dirty. DJ Carrot Stick's getting dirty over there. I got to ask you, speaking of DJ Carrot Sticks, Della, mm-hmm. the, in addition to Mess America, we got to talk about the other hot question of the day. Are you hashtag Team Pumpkin Spice or are you anti-pumpkin spice? Because I'm all about the pumpkin spice. Uh, <laughs> I was actually in the grocery store last night and went by a display of Keurig uh, pods, pumpkin yes. spice. I didn't leave the store without them, baby. Yay! <laughs> awesome. Okay. Right answer oh. there. Okay. Now, speaking of right answers and wrong answers, mm-hmm. to me, I didn't. I completely forgot. Now, I grew up watching Miss America. It's something I used to love. I've got family and friends that have been a part of the program, mm-hmm. uh, as well as part of the teen program for Miss America. So, mm-hmm. disclaimer: I am a lifetime, you know, fan of the Miss America program. I thought it did a tremendous amount for this country in terms of, uh, you know, the left is supposed to be about female empowerment, uh, and and to me, Miss America embodied that growing up. It was about academic excellence. It was about physical fitness and taking care of yourself. And it was also about um, philanthropy. It wrapped in a package of all-American beauty. And it has since been, like every other part of our country, it has since been completely politicized to the point where I forgot about it. But girl, I had to have Della on because some of the tweets that I saw 
were really ugly <laughs> about Mess America. In fact, Todd Starnes referred to it as a jazzed up version of a nasty woman march. Uh-huh. Nod to uh, the you know pink hats in mm-hmm. D.C. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I. Uh, uh, I was in D.C. at the time of that thing. I, I wasn't uh, a participant. I just was leaving the inauguration uh, the day after, and I saw that going on. And nobody that walked the stage in Atlantic City looked like what I saw in D.C., if you get my drift. <laughs> so they weren't representing that. However, what unless you were listening very closely, and I love the Miss America pageant. I love everything about it. I, and I love to watch beautiful women that are smart, too. But mm-hmm. if you were listening carefully, carefully when uh, Chris Harrison, who was the host, uh, talked about the judges, the, the, the final onstage question. The questions were written by ABC, not the judges. And the question that Miss New Jersey got was her opinion about the Confederate statues and whether they should be removed or not. Miss mm. Texas was asked about a Charlottesville riots and uh, the KKK, and she proceeded to, to bash Trump uh, that you know uh, that he didn't do his job with that. Um, mm. That he, you know he needed to have a statement earlier, and it really wasn't equal between the KKK and the left all whatever they were. Oh um, dang, I missed it because had I heard this contestant say that, it might have just completely changed my perception on Antifa and whether or not you know it. it they're um, not as bad as the KKK, even though they've got nails and two by fours that they're whacking into horses. Well, uh, yeah, and throwing urine-filled balloons. Not I'm, right, uh, right, right. Wow, Miss Texas, good for you. Uh, Miss Missouri was asked to be the jury and whether or not Trump had colluded with Russia. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, okay. I don't know why we we have a special prosecutor. We just need Miss Missouri. Well, I don't know why we have the Supreme Court, because you know what? Some of these cases are going to end up in SCOTUS. They should have just put, you know, a wig and a a black robe on her and, Uh, you know, told told Roberts to step aside because we got Miss Missouri. Well, I will tell you, though, I did love Miss Missouri. She was beautiful. She did. She didn't win. She she rode that fence. She said she didn't have enough evidence. Well, good for her. So she ended up being first runner-up. Maybe that's so. somebody who actually has been paying attention to the news. Because <laughs> you know what? There isn't yeah. any uh, actual, not fake news, but real news, because there is no actual evidence. So no. good for her. We heard that from Miss Missouri. Miss D.C. was asked about, she was asked the only non-political question. She was asked about her opinion of football concussions. <laughs> So I think yeah, because we need that's to what nominate young t- her for Surgeon General. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the winner was a lovely girl that I just fell in love with with her little jazz dance, Miss North Dakota. She is a graduate from Brown University, so she's got brains. She's going to be going to law school. She was asked if it was a mistake that Trump pulled the United States out of the Paris Climate Accord. Wow. According to Miss North Dakota, now our Miss our Miss America, it was a bad decision. Was it? Was it? Now, was her was her the science is oh, fact. So she's so her undergraduate degree from Brown is in climate is is in uh, meteorology mm, and in no, climate science. So. Oh, it's oh it's not. Okay, no, so what did she no. base this opinion on other than the fact that she told the judges what they wanted to hear? I, I think she read it in the DNC platform. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. I forgot. I forgot. Miss Texas, the one that talked about the Charlottesville riots, 
her dance, which was a lyrical dance. And for those of you that don't watch Dancing with the Stars or the mm-hmm. So You Think You Can Dance, lyrical is basically you have a little sexy outfit on, you kind of spin around a lot, and you roll around on the floor and throw yeah. your leg up a lot. It was dedicated to Miss Michelle Obama. <laughs> I'm just wondering when we are going to finally name Miss America as a cabinet member because, you know, what was missing from this year was the old um, equal pay thing. Every year somebody gets asked how they would solve the disparity between women's salaries and men's salaries, but we didn't get that one this year. Yeah, no, what we got was, yeah, we got bash Trump because that's what everything's about right now. And it's just, you know, and it's also about indoctrination because the, you know, so many of the viewers of pageants are young women and um that and they have the teen program defeated and it's just you know it it's this is hollywood this is the entertainment industry then at the same time then we've got this jennifer lawrence right who's uh, i think was she at the Cannes film festival or somewhere and said that Uh, you know she's on the cover of vanity fair magazine so there was an article about her and all her opinions you know she's from louisville kentucky and i think she graduated high school well uh, all um, i know is she she supposedly dared trump voters and said that she you know she didn't want any of them to come see her movie or she dared them to boycott her movie. I thought, well, you know, that's really an easy one. Hey, okay. No. I'll yeah, accept that challenge. I'll accept well, that challenge. You know what, she, what she said, though, most recently, in addition to that, was that Mother Nature and these hurricanes, Mother Nature was mad and um. it, she was enraged and wrath. Now, I checked, I checked, and I found that Mother Nature is a registered Democrat <laughs> and that um, she was mad. And that's well, why we are having all these hurricanes. Well, you know what? That's no different than that, that um, butt munch professor down in Florida who blamed the victims of Texas, uh, Hurricane Harvey, for voting for Trump. How is that? How is that really any different? Basically, what she's saying is, is that that uh, the voters for Trump, because Trump, Trump, Trump is only our president because the American people voted for him. So if Mother Nature is mad and retaliating, she's re- basically Jennifer Lawrence is blaming the, blaming the victims. You know, so I call on America to to um, honor her wishes and mm-hmm. don't go see another Jennifer Lawrence movie. I won't even watch another. Uh, if Hunger Games is on the TV, I, I won't even allow it to. You know, I'm not even going to watch that anymore. It used to be mm-hmm. a movie that I liked. Tonight is a telethon. I don't know if anybody's going to be watching that. Speaking of these, uh, I wonder if Jennifer Lawrence is going to be at the telethon tonight pretending that she cares about the victims um i you know we're the day after september 11th there was a very famous telethon in which kanye wet uh, no that was after katrina after the katrina telethon uh, kanye west blamed president during the katrina tel- telethon blamed him for um accused him of hating black people mm-hmm. um and the 9-11 telethon george clooney and julia roberts i think headed that up for dis- disaster relief for the victims of September 11th, and then he refused to participate in um, ensuring that any of the money got to the victims, and I think uh, 16 years later, very little did actually get to the victims. I don't know that any made it to the victims of Katrina. So, you know, I would, ju- much like the Clinton Foundation, I would tell people to please be cautious before you give any money to any of these celebrities pretending that they give a hoot about any of the victims, because they don't. 
Right. They, and there are real organizations, Samaritan's Purse, Southern Baptist Relief. Uh, Southern Baptist, by the way, it, for most people that don't know, has a large relief uh, system in place, and they were second behind FEMA and Katrina, um, which, you know, uh, providing care and assistance and financial support to Katrina, and they are on the ground in both Texas and Florida, and um, uh, 100% of your money will go, I think, or almost all of it, maybe some cost, but if Samaritan's Purse and Southern Baptist are relief organizations that um, are big for uh, legitimate giving. Yeah, you got to be careful. You also got to be careful. I'm hearing reports about the Red Cross uh, down. I think it was it, it was in Harvey to where um, the volunteers were complaining that they were starving, and so uh, a local showed up with 400 warm burgers and they refused to accept them. They said later um, they they told her that they wouldn't serve them and they were going to put them on ice. And she's like, "Well, you know, the the workers are starving. They say they haven't eaten anything in 24 hours. The Red Cross has come back and said, well, we just were concerned about sanitary or whatever. And the volunteer dropped off the 400 hamburgers said, well, wait a second. Why would you put them on ice then to serve them later if you had any concerns about whether or not? And oh, by the way, shouldn't the volunteers themselves decide whether or not they want to take a risk? on a burger that was brought to them. So, you know, I continue to hear uh, issues with the Red Cross. I never hear any issues about Samaritan's Purse or any of the other faith-based organizations Mm -hmm. that really did the majority of the the work in rebuilding after Katrina. Um, You know, did I'm going to throw you a curveball, Miss Della. I don't know if you've heard the latest dust-up speaking of the entertainment industry with Ted Cruz. Uh, I tried to look at that. I saw that come up this morning. Mm-hmm. I wasn't quick enough. Allegedly, uh, uh, on his Twitter, there was a link to some naughty something, <laughs> and uh, but it's gone now. And so, I, you know, I didn't. I, you know, I think it is. Twitter thing was, was um, well. Look, I mean, mo- here's what happened was there was a there was a, an account <laughs> called at Sexual Post which contained okay. a two minute clip from a porno. Okay, and have- his yeah. Twitter his Twitter account clicked like on it, and it was up there for like thirty <laughs> minutes. Well, of course, <laughs> this is a man who's who's uh, you know. Um, Say what you want about whether or not he had the goods to win, you know, general election. This is a family man, a Christian man who has spoken out against the evils of pornography and how it tears families apart, which is absolutely true. So, of course, when you've got that record, you know, and you your Twitter accounts clicking like on a porno film, it's going to raise some eyebrows. But, you know, I, I don't know if he's issued a statement since, but the responses have been absolutely hilarious. Oh, I'm so I, so if that. y'all need a laugh, go there yeah. and read some of the responses, some of the cleaner ones are, you know, the um, at sexual post responded, thanks for watching Ted. (laughs) And and then they tweeted, follow for the same porn at Ted Cruz watches. So they're like using him to promote themselves, which is, you know, it's kind of funny. My guess is it was a staffer because, you know, I mean, most of the politicians and celebrities don't actually manage their own social media sites, some of which like Laura Ingram will actually say she'll actually like note on there and you know when it's her versus a staffer. So I don't believe Ted Cruz watched any two minute (laughs) porno, but it's to me, it's the funny story of the day. Here's a confession. I've been stalking around uh, on Facebook and things before and accidentally hit friend request to somebody and it's like, oh no, and then I have to like block them and pretend it wasn't me. (laughs) 
because yeah. I didn't mean to. I didn't. I was just poking around. Well, there and you know, I've, I've there's been times I was actually scrolling through uh, threads on Facebook and actually clicked in angry because now yep. they've got these emoticons that if yeah. and and, and it, I was just scrolling in my thumb and then I couldn't remove it and somebody thought it was mad at him over a comment and it's like what? No, it was an accident. Yeah, I know. You got to be careful. But anyway, yeah. that was yeah. funny. All right. It well, is. thank you, All Della, right. for reporting on the jazzed up nasty woman march. Known All as right. Mess America. All right, baby. Talk at All you right. soon. Mwah. All right. Um, poor Ted Cruz, the laughing stock of the day. Um, speaking of laughing stock, getting back to Hillary Clinton and her book, What Happened, I, I, I want to report before we have to take another break. Uh, you know, she's going around saying, you know, oh, what happened? Poor me, poor me. Um, you know, uh, the what happened, the American people happened, as I said earlier. Here's some stats. She lost six states that Obama actually won in 2012. She got fewer electoral votes for any Democrat since 1988. She got fewer votes from unions since any Democrat since 1980. And she is now rocking a 30% approval rate. Now, you got a hat tip to her because she's actually got a higher approval rate than anybody in Congress. Um, but, you know, it, it really defies logic why this woman is going around acting like she's a victim. Um, the American people aren't stupid. And even though D.C. is completely corrupt, I'm actually, and as we open the show with him, we we're talking about the swamp and, and um, the American people voted to drain the swamp. What happened to Hillary Clinton was the American people. What's happening to those same American people is the swamp and the corruption remains. However, a little daylight here. A judge in Maryland has ordered a probe on three Clinton lawyers for their role in basically obstructing justice and deleting emails, destroying, you know, um, evidence, basically doing whatever they could to keep the truth from the American people. And I'm hoping maybe as we see this go forward, maybe some of these people, if they're under pressure enough, will actually turn on Hillary Clinton and provide so much evidence against her that there is no choice but the Justice Department to do right by the American people. Today is the anniversary of Benghazi. New evidence. So many times, you know, I go on One American News on Mondays and I debate this this Democrat strategist, Kevin Walling. And every time, you know, he wants to accuse Trump of corruption or, you know, uh, they want to tell us, oh, this is old news, that, that Benghazi is old news. The email scheme is old news. Oh, you know, everybody's been cleared. There was never any proper investigation of anything that has been involving Hillary Clinton, including Benghazi and, and also Obama. I think one of the reasons why Jeff Sessions is a part of the swamp and he's refusing to hold people accountable, refusing to go forward with proper investigations of which we have not had any is because it all leads, whether it's Lois Lerner and the IRS, whether it's Fast and Furious, whether it's Benghazi, whether it's Hillary's email schemes, whether it's her pay for play schemes as Secretary of State. You know where it all leads? It all leads to Obama, who communicated with Hillary Clinton. In the, in the felonious email schemes and knew about it using his own alias. He was also a part of the lies and the cover-up on Benghazi. We don't know where he was the night of Benghazi on September 11th going into September 12th. We know where he went on September 12th where he went and did some fist bumping at a fundraising event in Vegas. We know that. But here's some new information that we just found out from a gentleman named Brad Owens of the Torres firm. Basically, he was contacted um, a week before, he was asked to replace uh, the Benghazi guards one week before the attack, and then he, he was in, uh, instructed uh, to remain silent. 
So basically, his contracting firm was contacted a week before because the State Department knew the compound was compromised. They knew of threats of a terrorist attack. That's why they asked, they contacted this firm to replace the guards, which, oh, by the way, were the, um, I can't remember the name of them, the February something brigade, which were, you know, um, radical Muslims, had no business ever protecting the compound in the first place. This guy was contacted to replace them, yet still told that they weren't allowed to be um, armed. And then um, he objected that, that they weren't going to be armed. And... Um, they ended up not replacing them, and now we know. Um, then afterwards, they were told to stay silent about it. This guy, to my knowledge, this guy has not been brought before Congress. He hasn't been brought before any hearings. Why are we just now hearing about this? So he says the disclosure. Here's the the important points. The State Department was fully aware of the vulnerability of the compound. The State Department had insisted the guards be unarmed, leaving them sitting ducks, knowing. And um, they were instructed to not tell the truth about the request to deploy or the instruction it not to um, be armed. And so, you know, Jeff Sessions, do your job. We need a real investigation. President Trump, we need to put pressure on him as well to do his job. I think we're going to take a quick break and we come back. I'm going to I'm going to shift gears a little bit <clears throat> and talk about some good news coming out of. The court system coming out of SCOTUS. Some topics that really aren't getting any headlines from anywhere else. And you're going to hear about them right here on the Andrea Cation. So don't go anywhere. More coming up. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hatley of the Hatley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me. Gotta say hi. I don't think I've said hi to everybody watching on Facebook Live. Hi, Dan. Hi, Greg. I think Raymond Booth is in there. Hopefully, Dan was happy that he got to hear his girl, Della B. William Smith is there. I think Jim Brown. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today. Keep those conversations rolling. Hey, Sean Porbin. Doc Porbin is there. Oh, so appreciative to have him joining us. You know, uh, Doc Porbin is not just a doc of medicine. He's a doc of philosophy. I always say it, and I always appreciate so much his insights. What's interesting about Doc Porbin is that he was once one of them crazy Northeast liberals who actually got turned. 
And, you know, that doesn't happen very often. So many people dig their heels in and they just get ingrained in their own particular label and they don't have, they don't have the, you know, the willingness, you know, to open their minds uh, to other ideas. And so he's one of my faves. Hey, Greg, um, here's some good news. Here's some good news. Um, you know, who would have thought actually that we would be glad to hearken back to a Bill Clinton presidency? Did you guys know back in 1996 with the welfare reform, which had a large part to do with the Republican Congress led by Newt Gingrich? Um, but that was when they said the, the days of big government are over and they actually implemented something that is common sense. It should have always been a part of it. And that is work require, work requirements for welfare. That there is absolutely no American that should be sitting back collecting any money from the U.S. Treasury, which, oh, by the way, how many times do we have to remind everybody there is no such thing as government money? If you are getting a check from the U.S. Treasury, it's either your own money they took from you by picking your pocket in the form of taxes or it's money taken from another citizen whose pockets were picked in the form of taxes to give to somebody else. So there is nobody that should be sitting on a sofa when they could work collecting a dime from another taxpayer. And so the Trump administration has just gone back because when Obama came in, he rolled all that back and basically said, hey, you know what? You ain't got to work. You ain't got to do nothing to get that money. So then, so while they tell the American people, you can sit on your sofa, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to prove you're looking for work. You don't have to do a job. Then they tell us, well, we got to have open borders and we got to bring all these illegals because there is nobody to do the job. The Americans won't work. Well, of course, you're not going to want to work if you can, you can live and get like in the East Coast, you can get upwards of sixty, $65,000 a year in a variety of different government programs. Why would you work? So of course, they're not going to want to go and take a job that an illegal will take. It's all about expanding the dependency class for power. Hat tip to the Trump administration for rolling this back. It's outrageous. You need assistance? Fine. You know what? In the old days, it was all about community. Just like we've, we've talked about the faith-based organizations, they were the ones to do the best work cleaning up Katrina. It was not any government program, whether it was state, local, or federal. And that reminds me, next week I'm going to have somebody on the show to talk about insurance policies for homes because we got to learn lessons from these tragedies. The lesson should not be to collect checks from the U.S. Treasury with money taken from fellow taxpayers to rebuild property that you could have and should have protected. I think the role of our government, should it be to provide emergency services because our taxpayers' dollars do go for that, state and local, for our firemen and all that? Absolutely. And is there a part of me that would rather go to help a, a fellow American who lost their home than to give money to Pakistan? Of course. But we've got to assume responsibility for our lives. Our system was not based on income redistribution with everybody being guaranteed a job, everybody being guaranteed an income, everybody being guaranteed a home. I heard a stat coming out of Florida that something like 57% of homeowners in flood areas had stopped paying their premiums. And is and I wonder, is it because they just expect that if there's a flood or a disaster like a hurricane, that the taxpayers are going to pick up the tab? My sympathies don't, don't extend that far to people. You've got to accept responsibility for yourself. So next week, we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about estate planning. Because when you look at these tragedies striking, you've got to wonder whether or not these people, not only were they prepared to take care of their property and their lives, but were they also prepared to take care of their families in the event of a crisis? So we're going to talk about that next week. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. But what's happening right down, down there? Once again, a tragedy strikes. Not only does the left explore the, exploit these tragedies uh, to push the agenda of income redistribution in a socialist entitlement society, but we see the looters. And you know what? The looters are prim- primarily a certain denomination – But to call them out, 
is racist. Did you know that the Miami Police Department took to Twitter on Sunday and they said, and they tweeted out, they said, thinking about looting? Ask these guys how that turned out. Hashtag stay indoors. And then they shared a, a photo of a couple of people in a jail cell. Um, well, of course, oh my gosh, that's just promoting white supremacy. And, you know, because the looters were black. Well, you know what? Uh, you know, somebody else responded brilliantly and said, well, you know what? There's prisons, crime, and private property in Nigeria too, and Egypt and India. It's ridiculous. You know what? You, you shouldn't be just be put in jail. I think that, that a property owner should have a right to shoot on sight. To me, there's absolutely nothing worse than somebody stealing property from somebody who's downtrodden and suffering. How is there sympathy for the looters and not sympathy for the people whose property? I, I was on another radio show last week and somebody said, well, but the businesses have insurance. That's what insurance is for. No, insurance is supposed to be for them to rebuild in the event of, of a natural disaster, not, not uh, insurance basically to open their doors and allow somebody to come in and steal a TV. It's ridiculous. Uh, speaking of um, ridiculous... Or actually, you know what? This is actually not. This is a good feel-good story. We all know that that the movement of uh, to attack and persecute Christians uh, and to remove God from society and to attack our religious freedoms came in the form, many instances, of bakeries being targeted specifically to push an agenda, specifically to try to force them to to to, to infringe upon their religious freedoms. That's what I've been arguing. Why I was against gay marriage. Not because I didn't think those two people should be able to join together and have a you know civil union, but because I was concerned about the next step, the next step to infringe upon people's uh, religious freedoms, and that happened with the bakeries. Well, there was one bakery in Colorado. This guy Jack Phillips. I've talked about it in, uh, before that SCOTUS was going to hear this case. Uh, he basically um, he was. Uh, these two guys came in in 2012. He said that he didn't want to bake them a cake. He would serve them something else that he sold that he had already, you know, wasn't that he was denying them service, but he specifically didn't want to bake them their cake for their wedding. He said that it was against his religious uh, beliefs and that it would force him to participate in something that went against his religious beliefs. Well, Colorado said no, that they've got their anti-discriminatory, that it violated Colorado's anti-discriminatory act. And well, since when I'm all for states' rights, but I'm not all for states' rights deciding that they get to overturn the foundation, uh, the law of the land, the U.S. Constitution. Well, the Trump administration has written a brief on his behalf and um, basically saying that his cakes were an expression of his religious beliefs and that he had a right um, to um, to make that decision for himself. So SCOTUS is going to be hearing that. Hat tip to the Trump administration for that. Um, uh, the government agreed that uh, with Phillips that his cakes are a form of expression and he cannot be compelled to use his talents for something in which he does not believe. You know what? Actors are allowed to turn down roles up in Hollywood because it's something they don't believe in. So that same freedom should extend here. Um, <clears throat> in follow-up story, you know that I've been talking a lot about transgender and um, the movement in transgender to me into child abuse and where there's even a camp up in, I think it's the Seattle area with children as young as four. And I have argued 
that whatever your beliefs are in terms of whether or not that's an actual disorder or whether or not there is such a thing as trans- transgenderism, children need to allow to be children to grow according to whatever their biological makeup is, God's plan for their lives. And if somebody becomes an adult and still wants to change into another gender, as an adult, that's their right to do that and pay for it themselves. But it is a crime being perpetrated on children to put them through hormone therapies. Here's a perfect example of what I was saying. There is a kid in Australia, a 14-year-old boy who begged his mother to let him transition into a girl when he was 12. He started on hormone treatments, then two years later regretted it. He said that what was really going on was he just really liked more feminine things. He liked gymnastics. He liked he liked fashion. He liked baking. And, you know, he just says that when you're a kid, oftentimes, you know, you're miserable with yourself for one reason or another and something else looks good. And basically his mother probably following the trend of, oh, I'm the hip and cool parent because, you know, I'm going along with my kids wishes. Um, she put him on hormone treatments and now he's regretting it. Now he's going to have to go on surgeries uh, to remove the excess breast tissue and actually put him back on the biological path that he was on to begin with. He's going to be on the Australian 60 Minutes this Sunday. I encourage everybody to watch it. I'm going to watch it and tweet it out and support him. We need legislation that makes it against the law for parents to alter their child's body and minds through these hormone treatments and to change the trajectory of their lives permanently forever. It is child abuse and it must stop. That should not be allowed in this country. And if that's what's going on with the Pitt Jolie clan, let it start with them in terms of investigation and charges being filed. Where is the Pope chiming in on this, by the way? Because you know what? The Pope has decided to chime in and accuse President Trump of being anti-pro-life. He says, hey, President Trump, if you're pro-life, because now I'm getting into my awards for Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week, here's my nominee for Stink of the Week, and it's Cooter Pope. Because he's decided to accuse President Trump of not being pro-life if he's not pro-DACA. Well, you know what? Our immigration laws and, and the, quote, dreamers, that's not a life or death. If they get deported, nobody's, nobody's threatening to murder them or take their life away. This is not a pro-life issue. That is just more of the same crap that that Republican attorney tried to bring to me last week, trying to beat me over the head and try to shame me with, with misappropriation of biblical principles and, you know, um, heart-wrenching shame game to try to support breaking the laws of the land. The Pope goes on to say that he's not familiar with the specifics of DACA. Well, then you know what? Why are you even speaking up? Why are you saying anything about it? Oh, I think the law comes from the parliament. We don't have a parliament. But this is the same time that he said that, you know, um, the history will judge the deniers of climate change. Pope, you ever read a Bible? Because God does the judging, not history. Shame on the Pope for conflating issues and trying to allege that you're not pro-life if you don't support DACA. He needs to stick to what he's doing. My hero of the week are the Benghazi Four. They're my heroes of the week because they are the forgotten heroes, the ones that that have not, their, their lives have not been um, received the tribute that they deserve because there has not been accountability for their heroism on the night of September 11th. So to them, I dedicate this show. And to you all, thanks for being here. Thank you, DJ Carrot Sticks. Thanks to my incredible guests, Kurt Schlichter and Della B. And thank you all. Have a great night, everybody. Three-star 
General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.